right now. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Okay, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are here. It is Talk Back, brought to you this morning by Phillips Janitorial, offering residential and commercial cleaning with our powerful steam extraction method, bringing tired and dirty carpets back to life. Give them a call for a free estimate there, 260-6617. Also brought to you by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery, authentic New York bagels and pastries from Little Italy, right there on North Reserve. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Hey, welcome everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for County Talk. I wish we had a fanfare, but but we don't. Get those microphones up there, County Commissioners. Our, our County Commissioners here, Dave Strohmeyer. Of course, uh, we have Josh Slotnick and Juanita Vero all here with us in the studio. But you guys are the, if you will, the backup uh, the backup crew today, right? We are. We're the <laughs> <two-op> singers. <laughs> the backup singers. But uh, on the phone with us right now, we have uh, two individuals who are working in public works. Uh, we we have Shane Stack and Eric Dixon both joining us this morning. Uh, so, gentlemen, good morning and welcome to uh, County Talk. It's good to have you. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks, Peter. How about you, Eric? Are you there? Yes, good morning. Okay. Thanks for having us. Wonderful. It's good to have you folks. All right, now, I, I realize it's a little crowded in here with our three county commissioners, but we're glad you guys are here on the phone with us this morning. Uh, we, I, I, I've got a list here of things that you guys have been working on, and one of them, of course, is totally apropos for the weather we've been having right now, and that is winter maintenance. So if you wouldn't mind jumping right in there and telling us uh, what's going on right now. Gosh, Peter, um, uh, maybe I'll just give you a little background on winter maintenance. Um, we've got, gosh, 14 routes in the Missoula area and three routes in the Sealy area. Um, obviously have, have limited staff. We've got around 17 uh, uh, road workers that are in the Missoula area and five up in the in the Sealy area. Um, one of those in the Sealy area actually is a, is a mechanic and a, and a driver, so... Um, kind of a split position. So um, they're responsible for the 450 plus miles of, of winter maintenance throughout the, the, the county. Um, we started about 5 a.m. Um, when we're, we're, we're plowing during the week. Weekends are a different story. I mean, we can start at any time on the weekends. Um, but one of, the, one of the things we have in our union contract is it's not a, a requirement for our uh, drivers to be out on, on weekends, but we certainly um, uh, have it, folks interested in overtime. And so if we do have to do work on the weekends, we usually have enough folks that uh, that can come out and, and do the, the main roads, at least on the weekend. So um, I don't know if that, that gives you a little bit of background. Any Any questions based on that information? Well, I, I would imagine with the enormous amount of, of area and road, uh, actually road, you know, the, the amounts of roads you folks have to do, it, it's got to be just a full-time job during the winter to try, care, try to take care of those roads. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and what's interesting is, and, and Eric, jump in and, and add if, if, you, if you wish, but so if we have, um, you know, snow events like, you know, this last weekend we had several folks out in, in Sealy and Missoula areas, 
Um, and then obviously we've got some snow today and, and they'll spend days just trying to catch up. So we've got enough folks out to, to take care of what we, what you might call a priority one, a priority two roadway, um, get through those. And then, you know, there are days we're, we're not always able to get to every one of the roads, especially some of the, um, low volume residential streets, probably we're not able to get to them. So, you know, it takes a few days to catch up after a, a, a big event and, after, gosh, this last uh, few days with a more of a um, a rain event followed by freezing weather and snow, um, it's you know it's not just the county roads that you know, we're trying to have get caught up on, but you know MDTs out trying to catch up on theirs, and the city's trying to catch up on on their roads. So it's we're not the only ones uh, backlogged. I think at this point, trying to clean up our streets. And Peter, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Dave Strobar. Yeah, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, but. I don't think I've ever heard from anyone who says, you know what, you guys are doing too much maintenance. Uh, scale back. Uh, please do not plow my road. It's it's usually just the opposite. So what Shane has painted a picture of is kind of finite resources spread out over 450 miles of road, which Missoula County is responsible for and having to make decisions, sometimes tough decisions, where we allocate those resources. One other thing I'd like to add, Peter. Josh, this is, this is Josh. Yeah. Yeah. And first, thanks for having us. You bet. It's, it's always a joy to come back uh, once a month and chat with you and your listeners. Doing the road work that Shane and Eric are talking about is not like a person sitting in front of a, a computer, which there's a cost to a computer, but the gear these folks are using is really, really expensive right. and requires a ton of maintenance. So for the one operator who's running that thing, there's also a mechanic and a welder. And that machine they're using probably is a little bit out of date because we're not uh, flush with cash. I just wanted to bring that up. This is a gear intensive game and it's pretty darn expensive. You bet. And, and of course, in, in our relationships with, with the folks at the city as well, Brian Hensel and his crew, uh, they're, they're much more contained. Uh, and, and, but in, in the county, uh, it's really far flung. I mean, just, just about every place that needs to be plowed, I'm sure you get calls every, every time it snows. Yeah. Shane, what would your response be to that? Well, yeah, we, we do receive calls, um, but I, I don't know that we receive, you know, all that much, really, you know, e- emails or calls. I mean, I think, you know, our, our folks have routes, so our, our drivers are out on a, on a pretty standard route, and I think the public has a pretty good expectation of when to expect that plow to be going by in the morning, and, and if, it, you know, if it happens to miss their place, then we hear about it. But for the most part, they, they stay on top of it. I think we get more calls probably on the weekends um, if we're not able to get folks out, that's probably what what leads to more of our calls uh, or emails, um, and then it's the little things like you know how they plowed. That's we probably get more comments on on how they plowed, where the snow was placed, you know um, how it was placed, rather than if if the road got plowed or not. Yeah. Before we began talking, the three of us were chatting in the lobby, and Juanita pointed out that everyone, no matter their job, is actually an engineer. <laughs> and an expert snowplow an operator. Expert. <laughs> Always willing to offer expert advice, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Hey, gentlemen, we're up against a, a break here. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, this is County Talk, by the way. We do have, I believe, Susan waiting to visit with all of you on the phone. And uh, the phone lines are open at 721-1290. County Talk, is, it's uh, made a little differently because because of your schedule. And we, we are, want to accommodate your schedule. They're on from 730 until 830. 
and then we'll take this hour of programming and repeat it from 8.30 until 9.30. Encore performance? Yes, for, for those who weren't able to be with us live. So we're going to come right back after this quick timeout. Attention, Montanus. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is County Talk. I'm Peter Christian, by the way. Nick Christensen over there taking your phone calls. We have our county commissioners here in the studio. We also have Shane Stack and Eric Dixon joining us on the phone this morning. So uh, before we start getting calls, I know that that uh, Shane and Eric are only going to be with us for uh, for the half hour here. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, what what other things do you want to share with us? Gosh, um, Peter, I maybe we we can talk about some of the projects that yes. were. We're working on right now that that we're looking at trying to leverage some of our local dollars and applying for um, federal grants, and so I think that might be a good topic just to to touch on. I think what that does is it it's, it's a it allows us to you know maximize uh, our limited funding uh, by I, using these federal grants. But I, I do have a list here: uh, Deshaun Lane. Uh, improvements to roads using well, millings uh, from the MDT projects, the chip seal, and dust abatement. So these are all things that I know you guys are working on on, on a regular basis. We, we are. Those are those are kind of our, I would say, those are our locally managed and, and constructed type projects. I think these federally funded projects that we may want to talk about. You know, we've we've applied recently for some work on south avenue by target range school so uh, in partnership with the city um it would be an improvement uh on on south avenue from clement to reserve street uh would add sidewalks and improve the shared use path on both sides uh you'd see curb and gutter more of an urban typical section a complete street and also from from the school uh, on south avenue along clements uh to you know, between south and north would be that same typical section of of sidewalks and curb and gutter we applied for funding through the mpo or the metropolitan planning planning organization here so it's, again partnership with city and county applied for that funding um we'll know probably within the next few months uh whether or not we were successful with that application so that's one um project and and you know the nice thing about that you're looking at a project that you know has you know 20 percent local match and 80 percent federal good to know your project go ahead i'm sorry i I was just going to toss in on both those projects there's a huge safety component and i I can speak from personal experience because full transparency this is the neighborhood i live in and at target range school and at the area around the hospital and by the fort missoula regional park you see a lot of people in season being pedestrians, right. walking to school, walking to the park, walking through the neighborhood, walking to work from the neighborhood to the medical care complex. And getting those folks off the shoulder of the road will really increase safety. And it's it's tough to see uh, kids early in the morning at commuter hour walking in that space. Now, on Clements, our public works folks have set up these delineators. They're like three feet high, orange. They're easy to see to kind of create a safer space. But it's not a protected space. It's not a... It's, it's, it's not like a shared use path that's separate from the road. So there's going to be a big safety component to this project. And I really hope we get the federal funding. You bet. And so, so what, what specifically are you trying to create there? You want to make sidewalks or, or narrow the road or what do you well, want to do? What, as Shane well, said, a curb and gutter and, and shared use paths. I'll let Shane give the description. Go ahead, Shane. Yeah. Yeah. No. And <clears throat> I think what we're, what we're looking to do is offer up, especially the, you know, you're right around the school, right? And so, what, one of the challenges that, that the school faces is you know, that, that pickup and drop-off time when we've got lots of parents coming in. If you can offer up the ability for a lot of these students to walk rather than um, 
have to be driven to school. It, it improves operations for the school. And so really, it's kind of a mix of, of needs there. Uh, it also delineates the roadway a little bit better. I don't know that, you know, that's a, a necessary huge improvement for the, for the drivers, um, but certainly separates that space between driver and pedestrian or non-motorized user. Um, but the big thing is, is just being able to, to get the non-motorized users, especially the, the kids, an alternate form of, of mobility to the school rather than having to be driven every day. I think another, maybe a, this would be a good segue into some big potentially big projects, bigger even than the South and, and Clements, is East Missoula. Right. This is kind of a microcosm mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of uh, what we would like to work on uh, in maybe in other areas of Missoula County, but folks who've driven out there, who live there, know that this is kind of the wild, wild west of, uh, of uh, transportation with a sea of asphalt, no sidewalks, no curbs, uh, constriction at the railroad tracks there, uh, uh, getting under there into East Missoula. And and uh, maybe if Shane could describe some of what we have cooking out there. Can I toss one yeah. thing out yes, before doing that? Uh, just because I'm proud of it. Shane and Erica road engineers. And even still, they didn't just come up with a rough design for this project in East Missoula. We did a ton of public engagement. That means chatting with folks who live out there in that whole area saying, if this was to be changed and made a little better for transportation, a little safer, uh, maybe something more conducive to housing, local commercial, all that sort of thing. What do you, what would you want your area to look like? And the plan came out of that engagement. I just want to bring that up. And so we have this plan, the, the Highway 200 corridor plan, and we have a big federal grant pending that would allow us to get to 30% design of that project. And once we had that design done, then we can go search for even more federal funding. We're talking about projects with lots and lots of zeros. These cannot be funded publicly. Right. Uh, uh, right. Public. They have to be funded publicly. They cannot be funded locally. Right. But Shane can fill in the, the gaps. Shane, go there. ahead. we got about three minutes well, before we have to take a break. Go ahead. Yeah, no, and I think the important thing that, that we get out of, of, you know, if we're successful, and we'll hear in, in, in the next you know few months on that application, too, it would generate about... 1.1, 1.2 million in federal funds for us, and then city and county would pay for a portion of the match, and MDT would also pay for a, a portion of the match. That is a, an MDT facility. But what it does is it clearly defines, you know, at 30% design, we'll know, you know, where the, the right-of-way needs are, what the utility conflicts might be, um, and a really, you know, a, a more of an accurate estimate. So right now, they've you know, completed, a, the MPO completed a, a corridor study several years ago, which gave you a high-level estimate, high-level plan, and then from there you can um, get a little bit more into, into the detail with the 30% plan, define all the risks, then submit an application for more f- federal funding for segments um, to cover the construction costs, and that's where we're really going to have a, a hard time funding you know, that type of improvement just using state and, and local funds. It's going to have to u- utilize the federal dollars that we have available. Okay, gentlemen and lady, we're going to take a quick break, come right back, and we'll try to get some phone calls here in just a moment. This is County Talk. Honey, would you... Okay, we're back on County Talk. Uh, 721 is our number. Uh, okay, let, let's get Eric. Eric and... Uh, we, we haven't heard heard much from uh, from from Eric. So, Eric, uh, what, what, do you, what would you like to add to what we've been talking about today? Oh, boy, I, I don't know. I think Shane's been covering it well. And, of course, the commissioners have a good perspective of things. You know, my, my biggest... 
contribution is in the you know the winter maintenance the some of the program work like our dust abatement chip seal um you know the the planning level efforts are really what shane has has taken on so i really don't have much to uh to offer i think uh, you know just a brief overview in the in the time that we have is, is giving a good look at what some of our some of our challenges are so unless there's a a specific question i don't know where where i can Kurt's offer being so modest we need to take advantage <laughs> yeah. of his institutional knowledge yeah so, so for for a, it's a lot of folks who may be listening maybe urban residents yes and when they hear dust abatement they're like what are you talking about but for people who live out in the county it's a really big deal so eric would you mind describing what that is and what it means for folks or just yeah your rural strategies sure so yeah we have a lot of a lot of gravel roads in the in the rural areas and you know one of the complaints that we get well in, in, in addition to the surface condition is the dust and you know there's no way to to get around having dust on a gravel road unless you do do some sort of treatment and about uh, 2007, 2008, the, the commissioners at the time decided that uh, we needed to start a dust abatement program. And so it, it's really grown from there. The, the first year we had about $80,000. And, you know, they said, go go take care of some dust on these roads that we're getting a lot of complaints with. And so we, we uh, started doing a, a mag- magnesium chloride treatment on those roads. And while the residents see the benefit of the dust suppression, we saw a huge benefit in reduced maintenance because that material locks the surface gravel in so we don't have to grade it every week or every two weeks like we used to do. So uh, the program's grown. Right now we do about 50 miles. Um, and, and with that, uh, we offer a, a share program where residents can purchase material at our cost and then we take care of all of the application. And over the past few years, we have residents, you know, throughout the county, in addition to our 50 miles, they're paying for 11 or 12 miles per year. And, and while they, again, they see the benefit of the dust suppression for themselves, but it, it adds to our reduced maintenance uh, for those gravel roads. So it's, a, it's one of our most popular programs and, and we think provides a pretty good investment for, uh, for our cost. We, you know, we, we don't have to grade the road every week or every two we can we can take care of it in june and early july and then we can walk away from our gravel roads and take care of our other maintenance programs for the summer so uh, it's a very very good program if anyone is ever interested they can certainly get get in touch with us and uh, ask about participation you bet let's so let's talk with susan she's been waiting the longest susan thank you for holding you're on with our county commissioners and along with shane and eric go ahead well I was a county resident for 25 years, and um, I did not realize there was a dust abatement program available since 2007, but it is extremely important. And I would like to say that the road improvements and sheriff support, in my opinion, should be the priority of the commissioners, not dealing with the homeless and I think the millions of dollars that's being poured into the homeless should be put into the road department and the sheriff's department and if county taxpayers are having to pay for the additional support for dust abatement I don't think that's fair I think they should not they should get that money paid for rather than the homeless being paid for. So I hope that you think about that. 
All right, Susan, thanks for the call. Uh, Commissioners, your comments. Well, I've got a slightly different perspective. Thanks, thanks, Susan, for offering that. In, in some cases, what we've been investing in related to addressing houselessness, homelessness in the community is one-time federal dollars and not ongoing county taxpayer dollars. I mean, it, it, the problem still persists, and I think we need to reach out and help our fellow human beings, but uh, uh, it's it's not a one-to-one comparison. It's not as if, if we don't address homelessness, then those dollars are immediately so, available for so, road maintenance. So it's, it's not an either-or. It's not it is, an either-or. This is kind of a bucket of money sort of issue, and right, right. we used money that was available from the federal government to address the problem of houselessness and homelessness. And we also, as you heard in that last segment, use mountains of federal money to address our road issues. As Shane brought up, those are big projects. We come up with a, anywhere from 10, 13, 20% local match. The rest comes from the feds, and that does go to our road department. And last little piece on this. Yes. We could say, oh, no, we're not going to take any federal money. We're not going to do anything around addressing this problem of homelessness. And that does not make the homelessness problem go away. If we say we're not doing anything, those folks who don't have homes don't immediately vaporize and land in Spokane. They are right here. By creating solutions, we can attempt to address the problem. And it was pointed out to me very astutely once on this program. There are trade-offs. There's no solutions. It's not perfect. But if we do create places for people to be, then when there are places they're not supposed to be, we can do enforcement. If we don't, if we let her rip, then we can't do enforcement, which I imagine Susan would like us to do. All right. And I also think go, that, go ahead, sorry. yeah, sorry, road improvements and sheriff departments aren't um, as sexy and, and um, doesn't receive as much press as our homeless situation. So um, there's a little more noise around the homeless situation than there is around your road improvements or sheriffs. Let, let's, let's get one more call in before we have to take our break. I believe Matt is up next. Matt, thank you for holding. You're on with our commissioners. Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, thank you, Peter. I have a question and then uh, and some feedback after the question. I'm curious, what is the percentage uh, property owners should expect uh, their property taxes to increase by this this next year? We haven't done budget yet, uh, so oh, assessments. Yeah, or and some. Um, thank yeah. you. Uh, reappraisal hasn't happened, right? Uh, and we haven't done budget, so uh, we don't know and. All property taxpayers are not the same in that some folks live in a sewer and water district. Some folks live in an RSID, Rural Special Improvement District, that covers some uh, road improvements, not just sewer improvements. So those folks pay something that someone who doesn't live in that district doesn't pay. And if you live in this city, uh, the city of Missoula is within Missoula County, I I always like to to point out. And and so there is... uh, uh, multiple taxing jurisdictions at play there. And not to but, mention the schools. Yeah, Matt, when, so, when did you, so you say the appraisal numbers come in in August? The state the state well, provides that information to us? Okay, Matt, Matt we, we've got exactly 50 seconds for you to wrap up your comment. Go ahead. Oh, okay, well, I, I don't know. I guess I'm mistaken. I thought I saw estimates of 11% increases in the county or in 12 in the city or something like that. Maybe all those news sources I've seen who reporting that are incorrect, but I, I, I bet it's safe to assume it will be an increase. Um, hey everyone, it's Nick. Need to replace your social security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. 
A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash my account. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Hi, I'm Carson Kressley. Of all the resources in the world, kindness is the most precious. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to protect animals in disasters, on farms, on the silver screen, and in zoos and aquariums caring for the world's vanishing creatures. You can help, too, by making humane choices every day. Visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways to build a more caring and compassionate world for all of us. Thinking about retirement? Make sure a My Social Security account is a part of your plan. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can find out if you're eligible to receive benefits, compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates, view spousal benefit estimates, and more. Plan for your future. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash my account. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. This, this is Talkback. 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Welcome back to this special edition of uh, Talk Back. It is uh, County Talk. It's brought to you this morning by Brooklyn Bagel and Bakery. Uh, for all your New York favorites, Locks New York Cheesecake and Cannolis, located on North Reserve. And by Phillips Janitorial, where they offer residential and commercial cleaning with no job being too big or too small. Give them a call for a free estimate, 260-6617. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, well, we, we are back on TalkBack, ladies and gentlemen. Aside from that, uh, this is County Talk. Uh, we are thrilled to have you guys along this morning. Uh, the county commissioner is joining us here in the studio. And uh, we also have uh, we also have Shane Stack and Eric Dixon. And we are not done talking about all the various maintenance things that, that, that are, are being done. So, Shane and Eric, we want to give you some more opportunity to talk about the things that are important to you. Go ahead, please. Oh. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and I and I, I wanted to touch on the the dust abatement program, and and after Susan's comments about you know funding, and what, what I would say is we are trying to do our darndest to to stretch that dollar that we receive from the public as far as we can, and and I one thing that that Eric modestly probably didn't touch on was the fact that our bids came in probably fifty thousand dollars more this last year for dust abatement, um, and instead of cutting. The length of of dust abatement, uh, Eric and and his his folks were able to um, basically repurpose a water truck and and make it uh, a distributor. And then we were we just used the funding that we had available, rebid just to get material uh, instead of having a contractor going out and and place the mag chloride. Um, we did it internally and and like I said, saved about fifty thousand dollars. So I, I got a. Uh, give kudos to Eric and, and his folks for um, being creative, and and that's and I think that's indicative of what we've been doing here for the last several years is just trying to be creative, um, cutting our costs and, and becoming as efficient as we possibly can um, in order to do and provide all the services that 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 we that we can. So we do have a question specifically for you, Eric, from our next caller. This is Noah. Noah, good morning. You're on Talkback with Eric. Go ahead, please. Yeah, Eric, I have a question about the um, the mix that you guys apply when you're plowing snow. I live on 
uh, Lower Rock Creek Road, and uh, I was wondering if there is a snow melt agent in that or if it is just anti-skid. Um, what the county plows always seems to, where they apply that, seems to melt more than where Granite County plows, and I've always been curious about that. All right, thanks, Noah. Uh, Eric, it's all yours. Well, as far as I know, it should be just a straight sand um, application that we use out there. Uh, the problem is that a lot of our routes cover both gravel and paved roads. So if we include salt or any bit of de-icer on, you know, in, in that sand, then it's going to make those, those gravel roads kind of thaw out and be mushy and have a lot more freeze-thaw cycles than, than we would. So um, unless, and, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not completely in tune with uh, which truck we have in which area, but some of our trucks do have what we call saddle tanks where they can apply a little bit of liquid de-icer in, in combination with the gravel. So uh, I'm not entirely sure, unfortunately, but uh, it's it, it could be that we have that de-icer on that truck, but I'm guessing it's going to be more just a straight gravel. Does that help you, Noah? Oh, no, Noah's gone. Okay, no, Noah's done. All right, good deal. All right, so t- let's go ahead and take the break we started to take <laughs> just a second ago. Our county commissioners are here in studio, and we have Shane Stack and Eric Dixon uh, from the, uh, the uh, county uh, road crews. And we're going to come right back with more right after this. Okay, we are back bridges. on yeah. uh, on bridges, County Talk. Uh, 721-1290 is our number. The phone lines are open, by the way. And uh, I want to say thank you to Shane Stack and Eric Dixon for spending the extra time with us this morning. So so where do you want to go, County Commissioners? Uh, what, 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 what kind of topics do you want to deal with? Uh, uh, Dave go just ahead. said oh, something Dave. here. Yeah. One, one, one little-known factoid uh, is that Missoula County, county governments in Montana, are actually responsible for bridge maintenance even within the city limits of municipalities. So, for instance, Lolo Street Bridge uh, here in the, the heart of Missoula and in, in the Rattlesnake right. is a Missoula County responsibility. So maybe if Shane or, or Eric could talk a little bit about our bridge maintenance responsibilities, and, and I don't know if they want to say a word or two about Lolo Street since that is uh, on people's minds these days. Go for it, gentlemen. Maybe so. This is Shane, and maybe what I'll do is I'll let Eric talk about that that maintenance responsibility because you know it's kind of interesting. And then I can touch on some of the bridge projects that we're working on, uh, just getting a plan, not only Lolo Street but a handful of others. So go ahead, Eric. Yeah, uh, I guess I don't have much more to offer than what uh, Commissioner Strohmeyer mentioned. That yeah, we have that uh, wonderful state law that says we are responsible for bridges within the city. And, you know, it's, it's um, I guess it's probably a really unknown fact. And, and for, you know, f- several years we had uh, a lot of help from Brian Hensel and his crew at the City Streets Department. So, you know, that, that bridge maintenance by definition in state law even includes culverts for irrigation ditches. So Brian and his crew were, were taking care of a lot of those little ones that we didn't necessarily keep up with. So uh, we're on a better path i think working with the city on how we can uh jointly manage that uh that that work so uh, we you know the biggest thing is that yeah people need to know that it's out there and um we're we're uh doing what we can with what we have all right we do have a caller the, oh go ahead i'm sorry Eric. Uh, uh, go, go ahead shane yeah i was just going to say one of the challenges i think we face and, and lolo street is is a perfect example of of you know the coordination that has to happen between the city and the county um 
you've got residents in the city that have strong opinions about what that bridge should, should look like. Um, and so we have to interface with the city staff uh, and leadership as well as the city public when we're trying to develop a, a plan for a, a bridge like that. So it's, um, it, you, you, you end up trying to serve two masters, really. You know, if, if your public isn't, you know, perfectly in alignment with the opinion of, say, the city, for instance, it, it puts us in a tough situation where we've got to make a decision somehow that, that appeases both the city as well as the residents. So that's, that, that, that's got to be a fine line to walk, gentlemen. It's a narrow well, bridge we'll to walk. It's a narrow bridge. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we do have another caller. Ed is waiting to visit with you. So, Ed, good morning. You're on with our commissioners along with Shane and Eric. Go ahead, please. Yeah, the fellow brought up the, uh, the, the situation of raising taxes 11%. I thought that was a done deal. Is that uh, So the first question is, uh, is it a done deal? Is this what we're operating uh, under now? Because I remember the commissioners being real happy that they could keep it at the inflationary level of, of 11%. I remember, I think, Josh uh, talking about that, but they're, they're not raising it any higher than the national inflation rate, which I thought was pretty bizarre because they were contributing to the nation or to the inflation rate. So, uh, number one, it's is the 11% what we're operating under now, and you're looking at future uh, uh, increases. I guess that, that would be it. Okay, thanks for the call, gentlemen. So, later. to get real specific there, I would encourage Ed to go to the Missoula County Property Tax Information System. And Ed, you can look at your taxes this year, last year, the year before, the year before that, and see them broken down if Ed is a resident of the city as what part went to the city, what part came from the county, what part came from the school district. And then you can see where increases specifically went up and went down. And you're right, I did mention the inflationary rate. When we talk about uh, buying mag chloride to do this dust abatement program, or getting parts for all those road graders and snowplow, all that snowplow gear, we buy that gear at the rate of inflation. We can't go into, we can't go deal with Napa and say, well, we want to break because we're using public money. I wish we could. That would be better. But unfortunately, we buy stuff and we pay people at the same rate people buy stuff and pay salaries in the private sector. And, and certainly when we pay an inflationary rate, we contribute to inflation, as does everyone. Our option would be not to buy these things. And as Dave pointed out, no one has ever reached out to us and said, you know, we need to save money. Don't plow my road. So another idea, just to add on to that, another important thing about this, and this is why it is, I think, so critical for folks to go to this website uh, on the county website, this web page that looks at your property tax breakdown. So you can see exactly how much you have paid in the past, how much you're paying now, and what percentage of that goes to different functions. Because, yeah, Missoula County's budget has increased over the years. But that does not necessarily mean that the budget increase, percentage increase, tracks exactly with the increase to your own taxes. Because a lot of what goes into the budget is just passed through dollars from grants, uh, from Medicaid payments to Partnership Health Center. Uh, these are not local tax dollars, but it does all add up to an increased budget. So that's important to take into account. That's a really important distinction that I don't think... Uh, yeah, most so folks. Sorry about that. Thank, <laughs> thanks, Peter. Yeah, thanks for right. staying in that, Stromeyer, because that, it, people easily uh, conflate the two. And, and when, by the way, I do, 
I do have uh, all my taxes broken down, just as you say, on an Excel spreadsheet. Great. I've been doing that for years. Good. And those, and if you have the chance, Ed, go into the pie charts so you can see this is exactly how much I spent on the fairgrounds. This is how much I spent on roads. This is how much I spent on the health department. And then you can ask yourself, did I get a good deal or did I get hosed? And then you can get back to us and say, you know, I spent 12 bucks on the health department and I think that was too much. And then we can really nail down the specifics of maybe where we can save money or what services you felt like you paid for, but didn't get to the degree you would have liked. Yeah, the uh, uh, county breakdown is pretty good on the tax bill. The city doesn't break down at all. It gives you one number uh, and how much is going to the city, and you have no idea from that uh, where that money is going within the city. But the county does list out... Uh, you know, lots of items, uh, departments, whatever. Yeah, thanks yeah. for noticing that. We we are up against a break. Thanks for your call. We're going to come right back after this time out. Creative Planning presents... When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing. Or your daughter's first birthday party. You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Carson Kressley. Of all the resources in the world, kindness is the most precious. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to protect animals in disasters, on farms, on the silver screen, and in zoos and aquariums caring for the world's vanishing creatures. You can help, too, by making humane choices every day. Visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways to build a more caring and compassionate world for all of us. Need to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. On Tuesday's Montana Morning, Lieutenant John Manraxa with the police department with a special message for drug dealers. We are aggressively prosecuting these cases. We are relentless in our pursuit of these people that are dealing fentanyl. And I mean, we work a ton of overtime just to make sure the community's safe. Um, you know, I think our stat seizure, our seizure stats um, speak for themselves in this first month. Montana Morning Weekdays 6 to 8.30 on News Talk Radio 1290 KGVO AM 98.3 FM and the KGVO app. Okay, we are back on County Talk, and we're getting ready to wrap things up, but we do have a couple more callers. Tom has been waiting. Tom, thank you for holding, sir. You're on uh, Talkback with our county commissioners. Go ahead. Uh, thanks. Good morning, everyone. Um, my question is in the downtown road diet that's proposed from going from four lanes to two lanes. And my specifically, I'd like to know what role the commissioners from the county have because of the bridge that was designed and built to hold four lanes of traffic. I, I think that if there's any coordination, it seems kind of odd to build a bridge for a specific purpose 
and then say, oh, we're only going to use two of those lanes or three of those lanes kind of defeats the design and function of the bridge. And I wonder what role they have and what voice they have in saying, hey, uh, we built this bridge for these specifications to allow X. So this, this, this might actually be an ex- exception to what we were talking about <laughs> earlier. And that this is a Montana <laughs> Department of Transportation facility. Right. And maybe Shane or Eric would have more. Well, I think the, the questions, uh, I guess a couple of them. One, the, the question is, is, what are the county commissioners' role? Well, I, I would say we've got two county commissioners that are on the MPO board that you know decides where federal funding is allocated. Um, so there's a, you know, there's a, I think there's a role there, but, you know, it's entirely possible that this is funded through, you know, local dollars. Um, and, and, and I guess back to your question about, you know, why would they build a four-lane and then convert to a, a two- or three-lane? It's a good question. I think, you know, I was at MDT at the time, and uh, when the, you know, the planning effort was, was you know, and I say the planning effort, MDT had two projects that were um, dedicated to evaluating both uh, Madison Street and Higgins, and those recommendations uh, then fostered, you know, projects. And I don't know that MDT was all that interested in, you know, trying to wait uh for a bridge rehab project so that the community could determine whether or not it should be a three-lane or a two-lane or a four-lane, um, they you know needed to get the bridge rehabilitated, and that was a number one priority. And so move forward with that, the city did pay for the additional cost associated with that pedestrian widening on, on the, called the west side. Um, now to come back and say, well, let's evaluate a, a you know, a two- or three-lane facility, I think what they can do is utilize that space um, that was dedicated for traffic and say, well, let's put bikes out there, um, which is fine. Uh, it's a good use for that space. So, uh, but really the county in general, we don't have a, we don't play a huge role other than just um, providing some, some feedback and input at the MPO level. So can I toss something out on Go this, ahead. Peter? Yeah. So as yeah. Dave pointed out, this is an MDT bridge. We are responsible for bridges within the city but not on MDT routes. So this is an MDT bridge. They're ultimately going to make this decision. And Dave and I are both on TPCC. So we heard uh, Aaron from the MPO's um, favorite the design, uh, Metropolitan Planning Organization. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, Transportation Planning Coordinating Committee can <laughs> make a recommendation or we really just have their voices heard. But it's ultimately up to MDT. And we did and, make a recommendation. And, and, and I just want to put this last piece out uh, if if one more if if the MDT des, if MDT decides oh sure you guys can uh, you know the city can do do three lanes here or two lanes instead of four the bridge doesn't change right so it's just paint so five years from now traffic volumes are way up well they can make it four lane again this isn't uh, an undoing of construction this is paint on a bridge got it all right so should, I, should, go ahead Tom should, should we consider just should we consider renaming the bridge to Bob's Bicycle bridge. <laughs> well, there will be. I think. I think there'll be a, a tremendous political backlash there. All right. Thanks. Thank. Thank you for the call. Let, let's try to get one more in, Jeff. Jeff, we got about three minutes. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. Well, my question was going to be about the Bear Tracks Bridge too, but uh, you kind of answered that. But in a, so a larger question is which bridges in Missoula are MDT bridges? And then I guess by default, the county would have responsibility for the rest of them. Shane, Eric. Yeah. 
Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I, I think the, the answer to that is yes, and in, in some amount of responsibility. The city still has some responsibility to fund the, the improvements on those bridges, but for the most part, um, per state statute, the county is responsible for the overall maintenance and repair of those bridges. Um, but which bridges are MDT bridges? I think in general what you can look at are the, you know, the major structures, like you know, uh, all the bridges over the, over the river, uh, for instance, you know, Reserve Street, Russell Street, um, Higgins, Madison, um, Orange Street, those are all uh, state bridges. Um, and, you know, anything that's on Highway 93, for instance, or Highway 200. So beyond that, then they become um, city bridges and then um, some, some amount of county. Now, there are some structures, I'll point out, like California, uh, the California Pedestrian Bridge, uh, the, the Pedestrian Bridge over Reserve Street. Those are uh, examples of bridges that the city has built on their own, um, and they are responsible for the maintenance of those structures. And I think the, 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 the bridge that's in the news recently is the Pedestrian Bridge over the railroad tracks on the north side. So we're, we're not responsible for, it seems like, every bridge. Um, but a majority of the bridges. Experience. My name is Teresa Barber. I was in the United States Navy and I served overseas in the Middle East and Africa. Early on in my career, I had a commander that taught our suicide prevention training and the very next day he took his own life. 90% of suicide attempts involving a gun are fatal. My way of continuing my service is to help protect my community by being a responsible gun owner and by storing firearms safely. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. Brought to you by N Family Fire and the Ad Council. Okay, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Now, <laughs> it's a little bit confusing on County Talk Day. Because uh, our, our county, uh, let me tell you why we do what we do. Uh, the county commissioners have meetings and stuff and all that, so they can't be here from eight thirty until ten. Yeah, right? most of their meetings start around nine o'clock. Right, so right. otherwise, we'd only be allowed to have them for like a half hour, right. and it wouldn't even be in studio. Exactly, most days. Yeah. So, so uh, we, we've accommodated. First of all, first of all, we appreciate the fact that they've agreed to actually be here in our studio oh, yeah. every every week. Uh, or, uh, once a month, and so we we really appreciate that. So uh, we had, we had all three of our, our our county commissioners plus a couple of individuals from the county road, uh, the utility uh, road crews uh, talking about all sorts of things from eight thirty until I'm part seven thirty until eight thirty, and then because of our talkback audience uh, uh, tuning in at their normal time, we just played that back from eight thirty until nine thirty. <laughs> so. So if you were trying to call <laughs> yeah. from 8.30 to 9.30, we apologize. But if you want to vent or, you know, share your thoughts on what the commissioners said, we would love right, to hear right. from you. The phone lines are open right now. And it, it is, it is, da, 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 it is officially, boy, that was really weak. <laughs> it is officially open phone. So whatever might be on your mind this morning, uh, you want to talk about the snow, you want to talk about the cold weather, you want to talk about... Going to Hawaii. <laughs> that sounds fun right now, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so, yeah, whatever might be on your mind. Uh, 
uh, the the floor is yours, so to speak. And I know that there were there were there were some folks that tried to get through uh, while we were talking with the commissioners, but uh, because we had all of our lines full, weren't able to uh, accommodate you. So if uh, if if that was you and you had something you wanted to talk about, get it off your chest. Give us a call at seven two one twelve ninety. And I believe Lisa is on the line right now. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for holding. You're on Talkback. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask the commissioners who takes care of the upkeep of the bike path between Missoula and Hamilton. That is a very good question. I, I would imagine some of that would be the, the Department of Transportation, wouldn't you think? Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, that's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the Montana Department of Transportation, I believe, would be in charge of that. What, what, what's, the oh. prob- what's the problem, Lisa? Well, the problem, it's not a problem in a sense, but it's a beautiful drive, first of all, and I don't blame for every, for anybody that wants to use it for recreation, especially in the summer. But, you know, I noticed, I go back and forth occasionally, that some of the bike path has cracks in it and probably needs to be re-oiled or whatever they do. And I'm asking myself, who's paying for that again? You know, every town along this route, they have fundraisers for everything else. Why can't the people, and especially the bike people, go ahead and have a fundraiser and help put put some of those stretches back into order? Or, for that matter, and I've talked to people and asked them about it, and most people go along with that, including me. Every biker should have to have a little sticker on his bike and maybe once a year pay $10 for the upkeep of the bike pass. I don't think that's asking too much. I think that would be a very good idea. Well, you know, there, there are uh, one thing that I don't believe we have. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong. Here in the city, I don't believe we have mandatory bike licensing. Is that right? Do we, do we know? Well, no, I'm sure there isn't. I'm sure there isn't. Okay. I haven't heard about it, but I think it would be something to be promoted. I think, why not? You know, everything is supposed to be free for the bikers. Bike lane here, bike pass there, and if they're not really paying for it, but it's like a car owner. He has to help pay for the roads. Right. Exactly. That, that's because that, that's what your part of your gas taxes are for. And your registration right, for your vehicle. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. But since bikes aren't registered, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I know. But but couldn't that be somehow considered by by the department? I remember that Probably being brought not. up a couple of years ago, and they received quite a bit of backlash from the bike community. I do. Oh, uh, I, it was sure. actually before I'm COVID, sure. if I remember right. But yeah. but yeah, so it, it's been brought up before. You're not the first one, Lisa. That's for sure. Okay. Well, anyhow, that was my suggestion, and I really uh, found out yeah. now the county is not responsible for keeping up. The bike as, as, as far as we know, we, we, we are not the, uh, the, the, the authorities here, but that, that is my conjecture, uh, that uh, it, it's the Montana Department of Transportation's responsibility. But, as always, <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> well, uh, you probably know more about it than I do. Or Lisa, okay, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. I, I remember about a million billion years ago when, when they first 
completed that route all, all the way from um, from Lolo to Hamilton, the bike paths. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Because in years before that, people would be riding along that four lane road you know, on, on on the shoulder of the road, yeah. and it was really really scary. As, as as fast as people would go up and down that that highway, uh, having bikes on the side was something that just couldn't be tolerated. So. Uh, the bike path was created, and 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 the really cool thing is it goes. Uh, from what I understand, you can go all the way from Missoula, right, on your bike, uh, through the parks in Missoula, all the way up and, and over that bridge that people seem to hate so much, uh, <laughs> over that bridge, and then go all the way out to Hamilton on your bike and back again without ever really having to be on the roadway or the highway yeah don't have to stop for red lights or worry about other cars hitting you yeah no yeah those are some brave souls i i remember um you remember when sixth street got condensed from a two lane to a one lane oh yeah they had that you know extended bike lane right um i think that's as lisa was talking that's jogging my memory of when people were kind of up in arms because they're like well one you're taking away a lane two you're making this big bike lane and who's paying for it not the bikers right but i know they also did that because of safety reasons because if you remember those two lanes the car on the inside lane would be stopped and the car on the outside lane wouldn't stop and go and so there'd be near collisions on crosswalks and stuff like that so i know they did that for safety concerns as well but but yeah, I mean, we uh, we definitely cater to our bikers in the roads around well, here. Well, M- sure. Missoula is is a, a huge uh, bicycling community. Maybe not so much now when it's you know four degrees yeah. above zero. I still see some crazy people out there yeah. in this yeah. in this weather, riding a bike with those big tires. But yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, I, I, I so anyway, it's open phones, folks. Whatever might be on your mind this morning. Except, uh, thank you, Lisa, for your call. Uh, if you want to talk about you want to talk about the Super Bowl. Mm. You've got you've got Mahomes. I, I, I was reading the sports this morning, and and one of the items was, yes, congratulations to Mahomes. Yes, congratulations to uh, to to uh, uh, to to Kansas City uh, for for getting into the Super Bowl, and the fact that oh my goodness, the the uh, the applause was for the trainers who were able to get Patrick Mahomes back on the field, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Because he, he had a high ankle sprain, and everybody was wondering, well, how, how is he going to be able to perform out there? And and because of the work, hard work of the trainers, they were able to get him out there. And now, uh, I understand Kansas City has several of their receivers and some of their other folks that were injured in, in the game. Yeah, they lost two receivers right. uh, in the game last weekend. And, yeah, I mean, the fact that, Mahomes is able to play five days after a high ankle sprain, right? Because I mean that can be a four to six week injury for most players. So, exactly. I mean, it's shocking, and now he gets an extra week of rest. Because remember, the Super Bowl is not this weekend. They take a break right, right. and then let teams kind of reset, and then it's played next weekend. So it's more rest for Mahomes too. And, and before we get to our calls, uh, speaking of that game, uh, the Kansas City uh, uh, Cincinnati game, I my heart just went out to that defensive guy for Asai. for for Joseph Asai. Oh, Joseph Asai. He hit he hit Mahomes out of bounds, moved him 15 yards closer, enabled them to kick the winning field goal, and the camera went over to him right after the the field goal was made and he's sitting there on the bench and he's just weeping uncontrollably. He just can't, you know. Yeah. He can't be- and and you and you you're, you're, you're 
your heart goes out to a, a guy that something like that happens to him, and he's oh, never right away. He's never going to be the same, you know. I mean, no. he'll, he might be. He's a young guy. He's just in his twenties. I'm sure he'll be able to recover, but. He'll, he'll always be known as the guy. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, right. and, he, and weirdly, he played really well that game, yeah, he, too. He, he had a great game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw. Uh, I was really proud of him because he actually took questions from reporters Did after. Really? Wow. Yeah, and so it was brave of him. And then one of his teammates, um, his name's BJ Hill. He also plays on their defense. Right. He came over and stood right next to him to support him yeah. during the yeah. during the interview. And then they asked him. I think they they kept trying to pry about that last play, and yeah. BJL, his teammate, finally said, "We're done talking about that. You know, yeah, this, yeah. this a game is not won on one play or lost on one play. Yeah, so so that was good to see. For yeah, you. that's that 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 that's really good uh, teamwork right there. Yeah, and because you live as a team, you die by it as a team, and that's kind of the way it works. Okay, we have folks lined up to talk with us here for open phones. Um, we have two minutes. Let's get one call in before we take a break. Jeff, good morning. You're on Talkback. Go ahead, sir. What's up? Hey, good morning. First of all, that uh, I didn't mean to talk about this, but, uh, you know, I don't think that player's life is ruined by one play. I mean, yeah, he's going to regret it. I know. But 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 it, mean, it was it was the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat right in front of you. So anyway, yeah. Yes, it was. And, and that's it's real. And it's something you have to deal with the emotional part of it. But it's to traumatize somebody for life over something like that. I don't know. I've had lots of traumas in my life and. I don't think any of them revolved around that kind of a well. It's it's level. You, you, you might say it's kind of exacerbated by the fact that there were about fifty million people watching. So anyway, well, go, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I've never had fifty million people watching me do something stupid. <laughs> but, um, I'm hip. Having my family around to watch me do something stupid has been enough. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to follow up on uh, on what Lisa said and. Uh, it kind of it, it tweaks something in me in terms of uh, bicyclists not paying for road maintenance. Um, you know, there's kind of a big thing with gas tax and how do electric vehicles, they don't use, especially uh, fully rechargeable ones, not hybrids, don't use gasoline. So how do you get them to pay their fair share of road tax if it's not done through a gasoline tax? And uh, same thing applies for bicycles. You know, Missoula has done a lot of changes to put bike lanes all over the city, and yet it seems like bicyclists aren't really paying for any of that. So, you know, it might be something just to kind of bring up for city talk if you have next time you have is that, you know, um, great, we're, we're accommodating bike, or Missoula has plans to accommodate bicyclists. Um, uh, but other people are paying for that, and the cyclists, according to what you said, I guess they there've been a, a real kerfuffle when somebody says, "Well, let's try to register bikes or have an annual fee for bikes." And I can remember when we first moved to Missoula back in the 1960s, there was something for bikes, but it was so hard to enforce; they just didn't uh, didn't bother. Yeah, it's, uh, and how? What be difficult? How, how would you enforce that? I mean, you have a tag on your bike while your bike goes by, you know, twenty miles an hour. I didn't see a tag. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not sure how they no. how would they enforce that. Well, you got meter maids, right, going around and checking cars. Um, <laughs> True enough. Bikes get parked downtown. You can have somebody check for stickers, and if you don't have a sticker, you get a ticket. True enough. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Jeff. We're going to come right back. We have Ed, Paul, and Mr. Nutt himself, Mr. Wingnut, on the line. Uh, we have several other lines open. It's open phones from now until the top of the hour, and we will be right back. 
Honey, would you... Thinking about retirement? Make sure a My Social Security account is a part of your plan. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can find out if you're eligible to receive benefits, compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates, view spousal benefit estimates, and more. Plan for your future. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash my account. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Okay, we are back. This is Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number. Uh, we're rapidly coming to the end already because uh, we already had Talk Back, but we're county talk. Let's get as many calls in as we can. Ed, thanks for holding. You're on Talk Back. Go ahead, sir. Yes, we lived in a little town of Whitewater in uh, Wisconsin in the 70s, and they had a licensing bicycle licensing uh, requirement. And you got a little license plate, a little metal license mm-hmm. plate uh, for for your bicycle. Uh, but be careful for what you wish. Uh, they also included cats in the leash law. <laughs> oh, honestly, boy. honestly, walk around with your cat on your leash wow. to give it some exercise. Wow. Honest, so mm. uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. Uh, our cat Charlotte would be staked out in the backyard <laughs> on her leash. <laughs> wow! People obeyed. People obeyed the law, including us. <laughs> okay, so that's be, be, beware. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I like yeah. that. All right, let's get Mister uh, uh, Paul. Good morning. You're on Talk Back. Thanks for holding, sir. Go ahead. Good morning. I just read an article on the Cage View news site by Chris Wolf, and there's a paragraph in there that bugged me. And, and I maybe I'll just tell you how, how I think it's, it's, it's just like subtle propaganda sort of things to get things in people mi- people's minds. Okay. What what what's um, it you know, what's not, it about? Not terribly nefarious, but it was uh, why is Missoula just one big marshmallow? Um, and he referred to the Missoula plant neighborhood in this way he said the neighborhood in the heart of missoula still makes it difficult to get around this town the streets and the position of the houses may never change um i i think of other things that have been done this year you know the one lane fifth and sixth streets the taft street diet you know ball bouts tangle towns um and then the no snow sheds between the streets and the sidewalks and there's a lot of things that make it difficult to get around town but the that last sentence, the streets and the position of the of the houses may never change, is is typical of what I've read just in the last two decades in Missoula of how the city just puts thoughts into people's heads. And I live in the Slancy district, so it's kind of personal. Um, but those are the things I kind of notice. And and you know, a lot of times that there are times when it doesn't come true, but a lot of times it has come true, and I see it in in the past. And I'm just are you, so, just, so you're you're calling it more like like a is is it like a do you do you see it as like a self fulfilling prophecy or what? I see it like it's just to put a thought in people's heads. Okay. Um, and like I say, whether it's nefarious or not, I I don't know. But but the way this, you know, they they put hints and say that well, you know, maybe this should be done and without telling why, and then all of a sudden it's done and and. Um, this is just the, the the structure of that paragraph. Just sure, like I say, it's it's not like like oh my gosh, what's he talking about? No, right. no, no. Right. It's, it's just that it's just subtle, and it's like well, you, somebody you have, seems to be thinking that it should be changed. You have to remember that that's more of an opinion piece. 
right? It's kind of like an right, editorial. Right. It is an opinion. Right. Yeah. Well, opinion and editorials, I always think motives should be given, and too often I don't think they're not. Well, we'll certainly pass that along. Thanks, Paul. I just yeah, thank you. All right, yeah, thanks, thanks for the call, and thanks for thanks for reading our websites. We appreciate yeah, love that. to hear that. All right, uh, let's see. This is Mister Nut, Mister Wingnut. Good morning. You're on Talkback. Go ahead, sir. Well, good morning. I had some reflections. On, we had a recent uh, phone call by one of our radio friends on the immigration in the southern border and. And uh, some of the comments that were made is that he had looked at all the immigration laws and they're all messed up and, and talked about immigrants sitting on the border. But they're, they're really not immigrants sitting on the border. There are uh, really people seeking to become criminal, illegal aliens. Um, and the, the canard that just torched me off was the immigration system is broken. And the suggestion that was offered was a person shows up at the, the border, you check their background, and you make sure they don't have a criminal record. And let's apply some critical thinking to that. You know, are we going to have a worldwide data system in which everyone's background is in so you can check their background? And isn't it really, you know, governments that are looking to uh, alleviate themselves of some of their citizenry? You know, it, is it in their best interest to truthfully for, to report that citizen's background? Probably not. So it, what was proposed was a two-tiered system. If the person passes that background check, they can apply for a work visa and go in the United States uh, while their case is being adjudicated. And, and my question is, well, why would we want to do that? Why shouldn't we, as an alternative, select from a pool of applicants that are qualified for the specific work skills needed. And the, the second suggestion was if people sneak by or they get and they're caught, they get sent back and then a year later they can try to go through the, the, the regular or that two-step process. So I'm going to offer an alternative view okay. that the immigration system is not necessarily broken. I know hundreds, or around a hundred, I would say, if I can, of people who have successfully used our immigration system to become citizens of the United States. And I, and I know there's people out there who know many, many folks who have. What I'm going to submit is the border is broken. And if, if, if we can't stop a bunch of folks, women, children, and, and, been, you know, sporting Barney backpacks and flip-flops from crossing the border, how could we possibly stop an invading army? So there seems to be it's a border problem, not an immigration problem. Uh, and so I, I just don't want to point that out, but my suggestions would go along the lines of, first, we need to shut the border. The border is not the place for immigration. There is a legal, lawful way to become an immigrant to the United States. Use those laws. Secondly, we need to remove the incentives to enter illegally. That's no employment for illegal aliens. Businesses who employ illegal aliens are fined. And they become financially responsible for repatriating those criminals to the country of origin. Uh, 
<clears throat> and maybe even a, a bounty system for turning in businesses who are employing illegal aliens. They, illegal aliens would not be eligible for social health and educational benefits that come to the United States. And there possibly could be family consequences. If you cross the border as a family, the families are separated. The children are returned to the country of origin to be wards of the relatives or wards of, of the state, which becomes a negative consequence for that for the country who just choose to look the other way and shove their citizens um, towards the U.S. Mr. Nutt, we're, uh, the, we're up against a break, but I, I, I have a good suggestion. You you should run for Congress. I think you've got some very good ideas. Or, or at the very, have, have you related, <laughs> no, really, have you related these ideas to, to Senator Daines or Congressman Rosendale or Zinke? Well, let's be honest about this. They are, are part, I'm just going to call it a grift. You know, they choose to say the immigration system is broken. And there's something going on that if, if a simple old mule packer like me can come up with some common sense answers, <laughs> that there's something wrong if they can't come up with some, some substantive right. answers. And it's, it has to be a monetary uh, Insanity, I would say, Mr. Nutt, we need so, to take a, we need to take a break. Thanks for the call. We're going to sure. come right back. We have Dave and Larry both waiting to visit to wrap up our open phones. We're going to come right back with more talk back after this quick timeout. Data shows that after a child turns nine in foster care, they are much less likely to be adopted. But the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption believes every child is adoptable. Families, if you're able to let your hair down a little bit, there's a lot to learn from teenagers. The clock is ticking for teens at risk of aging out of foster care. Learn how you can help at DaveThomasFoundation.org. Hey, we are back. This is Talk Back Open Phones, a segment for about the next eight minutes or so. Uh, Let's get Dave on the line. Dave, thanks for holding. Please go ahead. Yeah, I can agree with your previous phone caller on several issues but it is when i say it's broken it is the fact that if you cross the border illegally at the moment it's a misdemeanor it's like jaywalking i mean that is a law that just needs to be fixed so i mean it's up to congress to do that and uh they they choose not to because it's a better political issue of my mind and as far as getting benefits uh, if you got a fake social security number you're not entitled to any Social Security benefits in the future. So, I mean, that's already law. But we need to change the laws. And Congress doesn't want to change the laws. They would just rather use it as a political issue. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. Appreciate the call. Okay, let's uh, move on. Larry, Larry, we got about uh, four minutes left. Larry, it's all yours. What's on your mind? Okay. Uh, basically, a question. Uh, I didn't get to hear your uh, border county commissioner's uh, talk this morning, but uh, was there any mention of the McClay Bridge? I know that's uh, no. supposedly been approved by the county, but there's no progress that's been made on that. And I wonder what the holdup is on that. Well, my, my, my question about it, I wanted to ask about that as well, but we just got keep getting sides kept getting sidetracked off off of that subject but uh the mcclay bridge uh uh there, there's all sorts of maintenance that needed to be done i thought uh, from what i thought that the the bridge that was going to go 
you know, down South Avenue and across the river was going to replace the McClay Bridge. I, I, and I could be wrong about that. I don't right. know. No, I, I think they already made a decision to to build that. And I don't know why. Is it money? Is it uh well, it, you, you got to remember, it's, it, it's, it, it, I don't it, know. it's just, well, you, you know, better than anybody, Larry, it's, it's uh, federally funded. <laughs> so who, who knows yeah, how long it's right. going to take. Right. Yeah. And also, uh, all this, uh, planning on Midtown and, uh, the rewriting of the urban, uh, forestry plan, uh, these things, they, each one of them has an equity component in it. They want to get equity because of the uh, increase in the number of rentals in the Midtown area. But it's their policies of infill that have created that situation. And every building is built out to the maximum setback requirements. So you can't put more trees in a five-foot space between the two lots. Right. They just won't grow. And I think there has to be some consistency in uh, looking at their back policies and looking at the big picture and what they've created. They've created their own problems. So that's my comment. All right, Larry. Thanks. Thank you so much for the call, sir. We appreciate it. All right, there you go. Uh, quintessential open phones. We have exactly two minutes left. Nick, the floor is yours. <laughs> I will sing. I will sing for everybody. No? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we should probably take the time to remind people, yeah. obviously, the roads are... A little bit dicey. Um, I drove in at around 6.30, so I'm not sure how they've changed because it looks like it's warmed up just a little bit. But, I mean, there's still, uh, after those patches of ice yesterday, then this fresh, you know, layer of snow, even though it's not that thick. Well, right you can't now, really see those icy patches now, so just got to right. be careful. Right now, it's a blazing 7 degrees. Oh, so. yeah. Great. Well, <laughs> so when I said really warming warm up, up <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> All right. We need that sunshine. I, yeah, I just, ugh. Yeah, it's this time of the year where I just, you know, I, I've had my fill of snow. We're pushing February right. tomorrow. It's like, get get over it. We're done. I'm well, over. It. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, I, I always one of my favorite expressions is you live through February and then you look forward to March. But to me, March has always been a Ugh. cruel joke. Yeah, because you get you get into March yeah. and you think spring. Wrong. Yeah. Pfft, snow, yeah. ice, wind, whatever, you know. Anyway. Well, this spring is supposed to be short and wet, just like our last spring. Really? So, wow. Yeah, that's that's what it said. So uh, who knows if that's going to happen or not. Right. But, well, yeah, the Peter, golfer in me is getting the itch yeah, bad. Yeah, I yeah. miss the green grass. Yeah, uh, Peter, would you like some cheese with that wine? Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, tomorrow, what's coming up on tomorrow's fabulous program there, Mr. Our Nick? friend and resident CPA, Walt Caro, and it couldn't come at a better time because everyone should have gotten their W-2s by today, right? Oh, so, yeah. It's tax time, baby. Absolutely. So anyway, uh, as Nick very wisely said, please drive safely when you're out there this morning. Uh, don't trust any intersection. You may go sliding through it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hope that you have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow morning bright and early for another exciting edition of Montana Morning. Till then, take care. Bye-bye.